All right, so today is August 21st, 2015, and we are on AC training number four. So how has your week been? Well, you know, I know um, any kind of sending communications get received because I see, you know, in front of me, right in front of me, the behaviors or outcomes happen. You know, but again, I I don't know. I'm with the receiving. I I'm still, you know, iffy. Sometimes I get something, and sometimes I don't. So I don't know. I I don't know why I feel so shaky about that. Okay. Yep. So know that it's going to be quite normal, common as well for you to still go to those places of doubt now and then. The shakiness. Okay. As a result of the doubt, though, is certainly you definitely have control over. So when those okay. doubts come up and you're on your own, you can say to yourself, okay, I'm having a doubting moment. I'm going to do my best to take a deep breath and step out of it. But regardless of whether I do or whether I don't, I'm not going to react to the doubt, okay, the shakiness behind the doubt. So you don't have to be in reaction to it. You can just allow it to be if you can't okay. seem to, in that moment, breathe it off to a shelf, breathe it away. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of like, you know, riding a bike, you fall down. The falling down would represent the doubt, okay? Now, you can handle falling on the ground any way you want. You can cry, you can kick and scream, you can kick your bike, you can throw your bike, or you can get up, mm-hmm. be like, grrr, you know, grumble to yourself yeah. and get back on. So it's up to okay. you how much <laughs> reaction okay. you want to do. Okay, so this is normal, though, in the beginning? It is very common, yeah. I okay, remember going good. through it myself. Um, all, oh. the, all the good communicators who are out there teaching these days have stories about this themselves, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I was on a roll there, and then all of a sudden I feel like I lost it. <laughs> yeah, okay. no, no, you haven't lost it, but you will experience that. And, you know, even a year from now, you're probably uh-huh. going to have moments where that comes up. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. And so I, what I won't beat you? myself up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Be gentle. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, that's it. I, I tried doing um, some of the body scans, but okay. um, it's kind of hard because I know what's wrong with it, what's wrong with, like, my cat. So, you know, I don't know if, I'm, if I imagine it or not. I mean, I, with toupee, and I know you when we did our session, he's got amazing energy throughout his whole body. When I do his head, it's like nothing. And I figured, well, I know he has throat, a throat condition, you know, so maybe that could be it. But, you know, if I ask him, I don't really get anything um, so, for him okay, saying cool. anything. So here, here you go. If you know an animal has something that's known, going into it, known that's going on, that's a uh-huh. great opportunity for you to practice your own sensitivity of, okay, I know this cat has a throat issue. What does it feel like for this cat to have a throat issue to me? What, is it, what does it feel like to me? Does it feel like dead space? Does it feel heavier here compared to, and you want to compare it to a time when the cat was completely healthy in its prime. Okay. 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 So, so even that, I can even go back to before then I even had him. You could, yes, indeed. Okay. Yes, indeed. Okay. Of yep. And yeah. if you make it your intention to go back to a time period when the cat was in its prime, completely normal and healthy in the throat region, then you'll be able to put, you know, you feel back and forth, back and forth, feel the difference between the two comparisons of time. Okay. Okay. Sometimes um, lungs for me, I'll give you an example. To this day, for whatever reason, uh, lungs are challenging for me to feel okay um you know uh-huh. i'll get everything on bones and joints really well and muscles and uh skeletal system i guess it's bones um anything in the gi tract i'm really strong at but in elder and heart i'm strong at but when it comes to lungs 
oh, it just seems to elude me. So whenever I come across an animal where a client says, okay, he's got fluid in the lungs, I take that advantage of that learning opportunity and feel those cats' lungs, and I do that same comparison I'm telling you to do. I do it as a way of helping me increase my sensitivity to what lungs that are off feel like. Oh, okay, okay. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Anything else? Um, no, no, it's just, it's fun. It's, it's nice to see results. <laughs> you know, yeah, when, you. when I see the, you know, like the hummingbird will come over to me, you know, where, you know, and then, oh, here's a question. I had two questions. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, don't want to feel like I'm controlling, but yet, you know, it would be nice to get a response or see something too. So how do you like draw the line or know the difference? Well, I'll ask the animal. I'll, you know, especially your own pets are more accommodating generally than the average animal. So you can say, animal, you know, I'm learning this. If you could give me feedback physically in a way that I can see, at least until I get to the point where my skills are stronger and I can trust your, your verbal response, that would be fantastic. Uh-huh. Um, they'll usually up their ante in that region if you ask for it. You know, as okay. far as drawing the line and all that, they will eventually draw the line for you. One day, my cat, who had asked that same thing of, she'd been doing it for months, said to me, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> she <laughs> said, you need to learn to trust yourself now. I've been doing that for you. And in the real world, animals don't do that typically for each other because we just communicate verbal to verbal, and we trust what we hear. You need to learn to trust. So, yeah, okay. they'll draw the line. Don't worry about that. Okay. 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 I think the only other question I had was, I know you, I got that email about the practice group that you're going to be doing with, yes. I think, the lion and something, which I'm not up to. But can I, like, be a fly on the wall just to kind of hear other people? Well, That's if you possible. want to actually purchase that recording, you can certainly, you know, after, after oh. the recording is done, I've had students oh, do that. Okay. They're like, I can't make the live call, but I want to practice with that animal, but can I do it on my own time? Absolutely, because the animal's still available. <laughs> you know, oh, you can okay. just tune in and, you know, and you can write down your own answers and then you'll get feedback on the call. So, yeah, you can certainly do it or you can just listen to it, but you'd probably get more value doing practice. And keep in mind the students who in the past anyway have signed up for that have been doing, they're still beginners, but they've been doing quite a bit of practice with me over the last couple uh-huh. of years. So we'll uh-huh. see if anybody signs up for that. Um, oh, I okay. Formal. I need okay. to get out a newsletter, make a formal announcement, which really advertises it. But yes, absolutely, that's something you can do if you're interested in that. Just go ahead and purchase yeah. it. And I run the class as long as there's two or more, so I can send okay. you the recording right afterwards. Oh, wonderful. Okay. That would be yeah. great. Absolutely. Okay. Um, okay. So as far as practicing with others, do you feel comfortable to reach out to your open-minded family or friends at this point in order to practice with their, their own animals, either you know, via email or even just you know, getting on the phone with them? Where are you in that area? I, I think I could. I, I know a couple of people that have um, animals that you know, I, could, I could certainly work with. And, and okay. find out. Yeah, yeah. Your skills are such that I would encourage you to either, if not this week, then next week, after next week's class, to really uh-huh. start pulling that in. Because the advantage of that is you're practicing with me on the phone, you're practicing with them on your own time, and whatever you're encountering with them on your own time, you can bring as questions to me, and oh. I can you know, help you troubleshoot, this is how you do that, how you do, you know, things like that, and offer you pointers or tips. Um, that way you're, you're getting 
insight in those areas too because it's a very different experience to work with a different person. Every person is going to be different to work with. How you speak with that person so in a way that they understand and, you know, whether they have a background or understanding of AC work or not is also huge in how you speak to them as a communicator. And those are things you'll learn along the way. Okay. Okay. That'll be good. So, I mean, I know they're they're pets, they're animals, but um, I suppose there's something, questions they could pose that I don't know the answers to or something. Right, like what we've so done. you may not know where the pet sleeps at night or what its favorite activities are or okay. the kind of food that it's eating or how many times a day it's fed or okay. is it a free grazer. You can ask okay. those real, you know, black and white yeah. answer okay. type of questions. And tell okay. people up front, hey, I need to practice and I'm looking for verifiable questions because here's what happens. They're going to get very excited that you're willing to talk with their pet and they're going to want to offer you a slew of questions that they cannot confirm, which doesn't really help you <laughs> right. as right. a communicator. Right. If you want to include a few of them, by all means, they're great. Um, that brings them joy and it allows the animal a chance to be heard. Um, but I will also include half, if not the majority, of questions being confirmable ones. And just let the people know that's where you that's the type of practice you're seeking right now. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that'll okay. be fun. Okay. <laughs> I think so. Awesome. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to today's topic of animals and jobs. So our mm. animal family often has jobs that either A, they choose themselves, or B, that humans offer to them or give to them. Um, Just like humans out in the everyday working world, not all animals like their jobs, and some animals absolutely love them. What I've found is animals, unlike people, if they have a job that's been placed upon them they don't care for and they can get away from it, they will, or they'll just choose not to do it. Um, They really don't put themselves generally through too many jobs as a result of commitment or uh, because somebody told me to for too very long. (laughs) They might do it short term. Animals Uh like to stay balanced and happy, so they tend to gravitate towards jobs that offer that, again, unlike people. Animals are great role models for us here. I find with puppies, sometimes kittens, but puppies especially, It's good to give them jobs or with new animals first coming to a house, new jobs right off the bat so that they don't choose a job that later you're like, oh, I don't like that job that they're doing, and now you need to help help them undo it. They may not want to give it up, or they may be in a habit of doing the job. For example, when Tyler, my little chihuahua, came in, the first thing I told him as soon as he came in, I told him the house rules, you know, things like we don't chase the cats, you know, things Uh like that. And then I shared that, you know, for a job, I'd really like you to be a warm, friendly greeter to all people who enter. That would look like wagging your tail, giving a wiggle butt, you know, being friendly, sitting on people's laps. Um, And that does not look like, and I always give them both angles, that does not look like barking at them or nipping at them. You need to keep your teeth in your mouth at all times with people, whether you're with me or not. That's very important. I also gave them the job of when people walk outside my windows and the sliding glass door where he can see through, his job is not to alert me. Now, to this day, he still does a little bit of a learning now and then. It's about 50-50. However, he followed my job offerings for the first few weeks, and then all of a sudden he started barking like crazy consistently at people outdoors. And I checked in with him, and I said, Tyler, why are you all of a sudden doing this 
this isn't the job I asked. You know, I need to check in with him. And his response was, well, the last lady I was with, he was with a foster for an entire year before he came my way. We discovered each other. And he said she liked it when I would alert her to things. And I said, okay, that's great, but you're in my home now, and what I desire is very different. What I need is very different. And so he went back to being calm and relaxed. But I went through about three to four days of him being not so <laughs> oh, the barking. Now, lo and behold, I got some nice confirmation the following week when Candace, his previous foster, came for a visit here, and, oh, he just adores her, sat in her lap, and as she was leaving, she turned to me and she said, isn't Tyler like the best guard dog? He at my house will bark oh. all the time at everything and everything, and since I'm hard of hearing, I so appreciated that. Oh, and it wow. was like, uh-huh, yep. I, said, I nodded my head. I said, yes, I know he did that <laughs> because he told me. But you see, sometimes animals will move from home to home, and this happens a lot with shelter animals, and it can get them in trouble. You know, where they'll do the same behavior, expecting that the current person wants the same thing that the last owner wanted or that they were automatically doing for the last owner. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So... Animals without jobs, especially puppies, can sometimes get into trouble. So give them a job, give them something to do, and praise them and thank them for doing it. So we've got, I've got four animals that I sent you. Um, let me see. The first three are deceased. Catherine the shark, chances are, is probably still in her body. And Catherine was given a job by humans, and well, so was actually Paul the octopus. And the right. other two were kind of born into their jobs. Well, Red Rum was a racer horse. Uh, right. And Bob was a, a racer dog. So who are you mm. feeling drawn to work with first? Well, I, how could you pass up talking to an octopus? My goodness, Paul. Okay, <laughs> and, great. And, of course, Bob, the racing greyhound, because, you know, there's such controversy about, you know, greyhounds um, okay. and the racing. So I think the two of them. All right, very good. Then uh, my computer just froze. So I cannot give you exact date of birth on Paul until my computer unfreezes. Um, but let's do this. So um, let's see. So Paul the octopus, I know he was born, I believe he was born back in the 1980s. That will be enough. I mean, we've got his photo. Technically, we don't need anything else. Now, they right. do know that he was a small, common octopus. He was born in an aquarium facility. He's always spent his very short lifespan of about three to four years in an aquarium. He was born in Britain but ended up being moved to an aquarium in Germany. He spent the majority of his life in an aquarium in Germany. And what they would do is <laughs> the aquarium staff thought that it would be fun. They originally started out as a fun thing where they took two boxes – that were identical in shape, and they placed inside them the same sized food, you know, octopus food, a fish, and mm -hmm. a dead fish. And they would put the colors of two different football teams that were going against each other, you know, future, in the future, in the next week or so, on the outside of the boxes. And they said to one another, let's let the octopus predict. Whichever fish he eats first is the team that wins. Wow. What they discovered was Paul ended up predicting, I think it was like out of uh, six or seven games, with 89% accuracy, the winning team each time. And scientists <laughs> apparently started to observe this, and he became a, a well-known, famous animal over there in Germany. Everybody wanted to know, well, who does, who does he vote for? <laughs> so we're going to talk with Paul about this. 
So go ahead and let's both connect. And I've worked with Paul before. He's wonderful. So okay. introduce yourself and let me know when you've got him. Okay. Okay, great. So ask Paul. We're going to do basic questions and questions around that, but let's get to know him first. Ask Mm -hmm. Paul how he felt about being an octopus in an aquarium where people looked at him all the time. How do you feel about that job? He loved the attention? Yes, he did. Very good. So ask him, would you consider yourself outgoing, shy on the personality scale, or something in between? No, he he was very uh, outgoing. He loved (laughs) just going around and seeing the different people. Indeed. Very true for him. Excellent. So let's ask him about this experiment job that was placed on him. Ask him what he thought for the very first, thought at first, when the first time he was offered this, you know, opportunity of which fish to go for. What was he thinking the people were doing at that time? Again, I'm in my head. So take a deep breath. And remember, your job is to tell me anything and everything that comes through. It's my job to tell you what's right. Okay. Well, the first thing was he thought it was hilarious. Okay. Let me check in. So did you think it was hilarious? Amusing. Yes, hilarious, amusing. So, yes, he was amused by it. Good. What else? Okay. Well, at first he didn't know what he was, what they were setting up. Um, Correct. He didn't know what they were doing. Good. What did he like about that first time experiment? The attention he got afterwards. He did <laughs> very much. Good. <laughs> and when he was actually checking out those boxes for the first time. What was that like for him? Sorry to say what comes to my head. Um, He he said it didn't matter about the colors. It had nothing to do with the the colors Uh of the outside. Uh That's true, yes. Yes. Um, did he like sliding, walking, whatever octopuses do on the boxes? Not particularly. Okay, so I do get he really enjoyed that. He was very curious about their shape. and They were made of plastic, so obviously not an issue in the water. Okay, good. So, oh, okay. 
ask him, okay. how did you feel about the, the fish? Did you understand that first time it was a reward? No, not until after the um, applause. Okay, very good. So as time went on, he got exposure to these, you know, tests, experiments over and over again. Ask him, with time, did you start to understand that they wanted you to pick the winning team? Yes, absolutely. Good. Now ask him, how is it that you were able to be so accurate overall with the winning teams? How'd you do it? I could foresee into the future. Okay, good. And tell me more. What else? Go back to him and say, okay, great, thank you. And what else? Each one had a different energy to it. One would give (laughs) off a stronger energy. Exactly. Ask him, and so where was this energy coming from? It, It was coming from the box. Okay, okay, okay. All right. I hear him say it came from the divine, but sure, that would enter the oh, box to okay. be able to perceive it in a physical way. So we're uh-huh. getting, you're getting a piece, and I'm getting a piece, and we're just getting yeah. different pieces along the same strand. Okay. Yeah, it was like the energy that came off the box, yeah. Okay. Very good, excellent. So ask him, just to confirm, so did it have anything to do with the colors? Were you picking colors you preferred over another? No, nothing to do with color. Excellent, good. So... Ask him, were you tapping into the divine at all for your answers, do you think? Well, I, how I hear it or interpret it is that it, it was the one that had a stronger energy to it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, energy would come from the divine. Okay, okay, based on your definition. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's correct. Yeah. So this this fortune telling octopus yeah. <laughs> was sensing the energy. Now ask him. Um, did you did you like? Did, well, well, no, let's change that. Um, how much did you care about being right? He said not at all. Exactly. Didn't matter. <laughs> exactly. He could care less whether he was right or yeah. wrong. And yet he was still willing to do the job. <laughs> yeah. But see, this is a great example of a being who's not attached to the outcome. Yeah. He's very sweet. Yes, he is, isn't he? <laughs> Good. All right. So ask him, what did you like best about people? Just their smiles and and the children especially that were just so playful and um, animated. 
<laughs> yes. He loved the energy they would emit. You're right. Children especially. Jumping up and down, boisterous children, yeah. joyful yeah. children. You're right. Good. I also hear him say food. I liked it because they fed me too. <laughs> so animals aren't always going to give us, you know, lofty answers. <laughs> Sometimes it's very, very basic stuff. Excellent. So is there a particular question you want to ask Paul? So, well, no, probably more a question. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> um, more a question to you or a statement, really. His energy was very powerful and strong, the same as, and I'm sorry I don't have his, his picture in front of me, the mm-hmm. turtle that I had connected with. Oh, it, was like, it was like an instant connection where I had no doubts at all. It was like just we were one. Nice. And, and yet, you know, like last week, I had felt no connection. Mm-hmm. So is that, you know, do people gravitate more towards a certain type of um, community? Be, you know, beings, yeah, <laughs> or you know um, what I mean? Like, sometimes. I seem to do aquatic, um, okay. Sometimes, yes. There's an animal communicator, and I can't think of her name, but all she chooses to work with is horses. She knows a lot about oh. horses. She telepaths with horses. Now, she can work with other beings, but this is uh-huh. her niche area. So some uh-huh. people have niches, preferences indeed. Um, reasons why it can be stronger, and I, I still to this day experience that, it may uh-huh. just be that you've got a connection with that particular animal, even if you've never spent a lifetime with them, that for right. some reason is stronger than another. If you've ever met a human you've come across for the first time and you two instantly click, uh-huh. Yeah, of course. And other yeah. people where you're like, eh, not, not yeah. my type. Okay? Yeah. So it's like that and everything in between. So some animals uh-huh. are going to come through stronger and others, it's sometimes going to feel a bit like work to this day. I mean, I, last week I had an animal where, oh, my gosh, this deceased animal felt so distant. I'd worked with the animal two years before and hadn't felt that way, but things had shifted, and it wasn't because the dog or the horse would suddenly pass now. It just had, you know, to do with where she was in a dimension and on her plane of learning where I was on my own plane of learning. And, you know, and it's like, okay, it's just going to be a little extra work <laughs> for me oh. to really sit deep still and centered in order to hear her because she feels distant to me. Now, with that said, I did ask her to come close, and animals that feel distant, um, I mean, you can ask them to come closer to you, and many times they will, and your connection with them will intensify, and other times it just doesn't seem to happen. But those are the things you can do when you experience it. Know that you can still communicate with them. Um, Okay. Just some are going to be easier than others is all. Okay, okay, okay. That's good. Very good. So Paul was found dead in his tank. They didn't think he was ill. They don't know what happened. All of a sudden, they just found him dead. So go Mm. ahead and ask him, what's your awareness on what you died of? What what happened? I I just get that it was just time for him to leave his body. Yes, that's the first thing I heard. He said it was just time. I was done, complete. Wow. Yep. Isn't that something? Oh, he's just adorable. It makes me want to have a, a an octopus. <laughs> he's so he is. cute. Great. Wow. All right. So know that you can connect with Paul anytime you want. He's deceased, okay. so there's no ethical rules against why you can't. Nobody owns him. <laughs> so go ahead and let's thank him. <laughs> and we're going to move on to Bob, Ellie Reagan Bob. 
So okay. again, my computer's still frozen, so I don't have dates for you. Um, but he was in the again '80s or '90s, and he was born to a race dog racetrack owner, and he lived to the age of 11 years old, and then he passed away in retirement. So I don't recall offhand without the Wikipedia up how many years he raced, but I believe it was like at least four to five, and he won races repeatedly. He won the big-name races, and he was very much a favorite over in Britain. So he was a, a British runner. So let's go ahead and connect with him. He, too, has worked with students numerous times, so he's up for par. Okay. This will be interesting to see if I have preconceived ideas. Correct. Yes, it will be. <laughs> Let me know when you've oh, got it. He's very proud. <laughs> proud of what? Just um, being, having such a, what would be the words? Um, um, he was confident, I should say. That that might yeah. be the word. Confident in his ability, um, and and he he was just very stoic. Is that would that be a word to yep. describe? Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Yes, this describes his personality. Excellent. Good. So go ahead and ask him. How did you feel about racing? He says he loved it. Yes, he did. Ask him, what did you love about it? The, and I got this before. The, the, the breeze, the wind, the, the energy, the excitement. Yes, he mentions the breeze and the wind all the time to me when he's running to students as well. Yes, the excitement. Good. Now, whose excitement? His, the crowds, someone else's, all of it? All of it. it. It's his excitement that he would get from the crowd and, and just the pure joy of being able to just bolt. Very good. Yes. So when his body was in motion running, ask him, were you aware of the crowd cheering you on or were you really not focused on that or something else? No, I'm I'm getting his focus was on on the move on his movement on on just being in it the the you know the flow of an athlete. Yes, very good. That's correct. Yeah, the crowd was way in the background. He wasn't tuned into it. I mean, it was there, but it was like white noise. Yeah. Very yeah. good. So, ask him. Did you really understand that you were in a race? Um, you know, amongst other dogs. Not in the beginning. Okay, correct. Not in the beginning. Okay, and how about after a time? Yes, he realized what the what this was supposed to be about. Okay, good. And ask him, did you mind that the humans were asking you to do your best to be first? I get no. He loved his owner very much and loved to please him. Yes, he did. <laughs> and ask him, and how were you treated by your the people who I'm not sure if it was owner or co-trainer, if they were the same one or multiple mm -hmm. people, but how did they? How did you feel about your people who treated you? 
he loved them and he could feel their love for him. They took wonderful care of him. Good. So this was a dog who landed with good people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. Now, ask him, did you really care about coming in first or was it more about the run or something else that you enjoyed? I hope I'm not in my head, but I'm getting that he really did like to be a winner. Yes, you're correct. He really did want to be first. Yeah. Okay. Now, imagine he's standing in the winner's circle and ask him, what did you like best about this? I get all the attention, just Uh all the cheering and attention. Yes, all eyes on me, he says, which is all eyes on <laughs> Exactly. Good. So when he could no longer run anymore or the people pulled him from racing and he was put into retirement mode, ask him, did you miss racing at that phase of your life? He missed it, but he had great memories. Correct. He did miss it. Good. Now, as far as the memories, did you have great memories? Oh, yes, he says. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So ask him, just out of curiosity, would you ever, in your dreams, did you ever dream of racing? I got no. Okay. I'm hearing yes in this oh, case. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm. So go ahead and ask him, did you purposely incarnate to be a racing dog or was it just random or luck of the draw or something of the sort? And he purposely incarnated. Yes, he did. Good. And ask him why. Wow. He wanted the experience of what he heard the others who had passed tell him. Okay. So, yes, he wanted the experience. He wanted to run. And when I asked, okay, so did you tell her that you wanted because of what others had told you? Um, he says, no, I didn't tell her that. Did she glean that from your energy field? He says, that's you. That that last okay. hit that got tacked on would be you. Was me. But definitely okay. three quarters of that sentence is correct. And from Okay. Him. All right. So ask him, do all dogs, all souls who become dogs, because soul can go in any form, uh, purposely choose to be racers? No. Correct. So ask him his awareness on why some dogs land in racing dog bodies. Okay, I'm not getting anything. Okay, so deep breath and rephrase that question. Switch the words around in a way that makes better sense to you and repose it then. 
it's the it's their connection to the person um their um I don't want to say owner, but the the human that they get connected with. Okay, indeed, for some of them, yes. And he says he told you that. That's correct. Good. Um, And there's other reasons, too. He was saying sometimes they just want the experience of being in the quality of life, whether it's low, medium, or high, that these dogs actually experience. Okay. But sometimes it's with a certain person. So there's lots of different reasons is what he was saying. Okay. Mm -hmm, Good. So ask him his opinion of the idea that there are some people out there that feel that humans should not, that we have no right to race dogs. Um, What's your opinion of that? See what he says. I guess he, he, he doesn't see anything wrong with it as long as they are all treated properly. Okay. So correct about the first part. The second part is yours. Okay. So you're right. He doesn't see anything wrong with it. He, you know, he was actually telling me, he's like, you know what, there's always going to be people, whether they do it formal or informal, who are going to race dogs. People like to gamble right. and they like competition. So he's like, doesn't bother me. <laughs> now ask him, um, what if you had been born to a poor quality, well, uh, in the poor quality life of a greyhound with all those things that you and I know, Andy, can happen mm-hmm. in greyhound to ex-greyhound racers? Ask him, what if you'd landed there? What, would you be saying that you loved racing like you say that you love it now? I get yes. Yes, that you it was, would. Yeah. And why? Yeah. Ask him why. It was still about the the excitement of running. Yes. You heard him correctly. Exactly. Oh, He's talking about, well, it's two different things. It's the yeah. still, I'm still running. And I love running. And the quality yeah. of care afterwards is a whole different ballgame. Yeah. He looks at them as two different things. Yeah. Isn't it funny how we humans tend to look at an experience on how we feel during or after the experience? Um, some people, we will break it apart like he is, and I like this aspect, and I came to experience that, or not this. or And we're, we humans, we ball things up into mm, it was a good or a bad or something in between experience. We'll sum up the whole thing instead of putting it into parts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Huh. Different perspective with him. So what question That's a great have? lesson. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> wow. Hmm. Okay. So, what, is there a particular question on your mind you'd really like to know from him? Well, I, I, Bob, I'd like to know if you had an easy passing. Okay. And he says, yes, he had much love around him. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Very good. Okay. So ask him to... Would you come back to be a racing dog again? Why or why not? Oh, what I'm getting is it doesn't really matter. He it's it's he enjoys the freedom and and um, excitement. So even if he came back as a different dog, he could still do that. Okay, so I'm going to have you go back in and recheck on that one. 
Okay, and yeah, it feels like me. (laughs) Okay, okay, good. That means you're developing your sensitivity to telling what is you and what's not you. So that's good. All right, so go back and recheck. Well, then I get, yep, they do it all over again. Okay, he would redo that lifetime again, right? Ask him, do you need to come back? Is there something within your soul plan or soul you know, experiences that you're desiring that need you to come back as a, a racing greyhound. I get more of a feeling of just loving the feeling of the experience and the energy of love. I, I don't really get an answer. Okay. Okay, so this is about asking a being about his own soul's plan. Every soul has a plan. A lot of souls right. like to learn. Some souls could care less. Uh, they right. will get everything. So go back, because this is about talking with him in, you know, there's the physical, mental, emotional, but there's the spiritual. So we're okay. inquiring on the spiritual question. Okay. So, so forget that he's a dog. Oh, of course, of course. You're talking to a spirit who became a dog. Yeah, yeah. But yet I still had it incorporated in what his role was in that lifetime, so I have to separate this now. Yeah, you're talking to a spirit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So do you need to come back as another greyhound racer to experience what your soul seeks to experience? I still get the no. Correct. No is correct. Nope. This soul doesn't need that. Now ask him, do some souls need repeats? He says yes. Good. Ask him, do some souls need repeats of what we humans would define as a negative life experience? I'm, I'm sorry, I don't understand the question. From, okay. And I shouldn't, I guess, be nope, questioning fine. the question. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's, no, it's good for an ACR to be clear on the question. Because if you can't okay. be clear on the question, you're, the animal can take it off in any direction and it's not going to say the owner what they want to know. So um, I'm asking, let me see, I think I forgot my question. Uh, let me go back, read the energy here. Um, oh, so ask him, is it, do some souls seek to have negative lifetime experiences. Now, the soul's not going to judge it as negative, but you or I would right. say, oh, the right. dog you know, got shot at the end or whatever. Right. I get yes. Yes. Good. So that's important for us as a seers to know and hear. Because sometimes humans, animals will have torturous seeming lives or unfairness happening or a terrible ending. And you know what? We can't judge the bigger picture because sometimes Mm -hmm. there's a reason why that happened Mm -hmm. that is hugely important for that soul or another soul witnessing it or being a part of it. Okay? Mm -hmm. You never want to judge the life of a being. You know, with right. Jesus the lion, when he got killed, you know, people mm-hmm. are, a lot of people are in hate over the hunter mm-hmm. who killed him. And yet, if you step back 
and take a look at the bigger picture, wow, there's a whole heck of a lot more there. Right, right. I learned that with my transpersonal stuff. Oh, very good. Yeah. All right. So any other questions you want to ask him? If not, we'll work with a third. No, I think we're good. Thank you, Bob. All right. Thank you, Bob. All right. Who to next? Oh, um, <clears throat> oh that's a hard one. Um, well, let's see. Let's do the... Um, Let's let's do the racehorse. I've never done horses yet. Okay, very good. So again, my computer's still frozen. I apologize. So Red Rum, uh, I don't remember the year. Uh, early 1900s, mid 1900s, he was born. He was born as a racetrack. Uh, short running horse, okay, in other words, sprints versus distance. He trained on the track for a couple years before he was purchased by a new owner and trainer who ended up choosing to train him to do longer distances. And they ended up training him to start to do jumping as well. So Red Rum was very famous over in Britain. He won, I think it was... Just about four years in a row, there was a year where they did not race him. Otherwise, he might have won that too. But he won three times he was raced. He won uh, top first place in each. Very big deal. The type of racing he was doing was um, steeplechase. Now, there's different types of steeplechase racing. Their version over in Britain of steeplechase is it's a very long track. They go around the same track multiple times. The track is grassed. Okay, so it's got grass, and it's uh-huh. got green hedges. They're not doing the, and they all run at the same time, these horses and riders. They're not doing jumping, um, you know, poles or things like that. Uh-huh. They're just doing hedge, hedge, hedge all around the circle numerous times. It's very strenuous on the horse, supposedly. So let's go ahead and connect with Red Rum. Let me know when you've got them. Well, he's here, but it feels distant. Okay, so practice the asking him to come closer to you. Okay, he's here. Okay, does that make any difference for you? It's um, I. It, it's kind of like he said, I I am here. It's just the energy. Don't compare his energy. Oh, I see. To the last animal. Yeah, because of the last two was like uh, very strong. Gotcha. And his okay. is more. His is more of a just a presence. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. So go ahead and ask Red Rum, did you purposely incarnate to be a runner? I get no. He had no intention of it. Okay. So his answer is actually yes. Okay. So he did intend to be a runner. Okay. Hmm. Ask him, did you like doing the steeplechase? Isn't it funny? I feel so disconnected from him. Okay. So remember, this is an animal independent of all those you've spoken with already. 
Right. So I want you to be with him and what he experienced. Okay? So um, I'm wondering if you're, you're thinking, oh, Danielle's going to offer me something, a being that's completely different, because don't don't go to any of those places. <laughs> I'm not trying to trick you, okay? No, I know. I know. So I want you to be with him. What was his experience running like? Did he like steeplechase racing? Ask him. And I still get no. Okay. So he actually did. He loved it. Okay. Hmm. So... Let's switch to some different phase, uh, different phase of his life. So there was a time where he started to develop um, some sort of ouchy issue within his hoof, okay, one of his four hooves. So what the trainer would do to prevent him from going lame is he would race him in the salty ocean water, and he would gallop in the water. The trainer's idea was that by having the horse in salt water, that somehow the salt water would hopefully help prevent lameness or help deal with whatever issue was going on with the hoof. Ask the horse his awareness on truly, did the salt water help you? He's saying yes, the water itself helped. Excellent, correct, good. Ask him, how did you feel about racing, running, galloping in the ocean water? What was that like for you? Well, I guess he he loved it. Yes, he did. Ask him, was it easy, hard, or something else? It was challenging, and that's what he loved about it. Very good. Yes, it was very challenging for him. Excellent. Ask him, do you think that contributed, that kind of work and exercise contributed at all to you being a winner? Absolutely. Okay, well done. Good. Ask him, how would you grade your overall life, A, B, C, D, F, Oh, he says A. Mm-hmm. Yep. Animals for me, and I don't know why, but I do present it to students in case you want to use it too as a tool, is they present grades to me all the time. They say, mm-hmm. oh, this was an A-plus life or a D-life or, you know, whatever it was. And what they're trying to do is just to give you an understanding of what it was like from their perspective. Now, a human mm-hmm. may say their life was an A, and the dog might be, uh, it was only a C. And then you could uh, ask, well, why was it only a C? I didn't get outside the house a lot. I, I was stymied in my growth because I didn't get to explore the outdoor world. It didn't take me places, things like that. Every animal is going to be different. Oh, huh, okay. Good. Interesting. Good. Um, so let's ask him, did it matter to you about being first, first place? I get no, it wasn't about the outcome. Correct. I get no as well. So whereas with Bob, wanted to be first and in the winner's circle, Red Rum's mm-hmm. like, I didn't need to be first, although he was fine being first. Right. Good. So ask him, so what was the best 
thing for you? What was your winner circle? What's his idea of, you know, what was best for him? I get having his his whomever it is on the back. I'll call him a jockey because I don't know what else on his back and and just taking off. Yes, exactly. It was the actual running and racing with yeah. the person on the back. Exactly. That's what that this horse lived for, doing mm. the action of running and moving its body. Okay. Mm. Good. Now ask the horse, were you very connected to your trainer? Yes. Yes, indeed. Ask, was there any love there for your trainer? Oh, absolutely. I got uh-huh. that before. Okay, good. Ask him, had you ever been with this person before in another lifetime? I get yes. I get yes as well. Good. Um, ask him what number uh, this one where, uh, where he was red rum. What number life was this with this person? Oh heavens! Okay. First I got a three, and then I got a five. Okay, good. Yeah, I got a two. Yep. Okay. Yep, so that's closer to your three. Okay, good. Very good. Yeah, sometimes beings will incarnate again and again and again, and other times they just need or seek a single experience. Yeah. Yep. Very good. So ask them, do you, as a soul, do you need to be with this other soul who was the person in the future? Do you need to reincarnate with that soul again? I get yes. Okay. In this case, I get no. Okay. So just know that those are all types of questions. I'm trying to expose you to different types of questions you can ask on the spiritual angle of things versus physical, mental, and emotional. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Very good. So ask this horse about his opinion of horse racing. Does he think that humans should or should not ask horses to horse race? He said, yes, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Good. I also hear him say, let the horse decide if they want to be a racehorse or not. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good. Um, so I used to have some really solid opinions about racing, and then I started listening to these horses, and it's like, my God, some of them loved it. I just spoke with a racehorse a couple weeks ago who did not like racehorsing because his people would, his trainers, whoever, would um, put him on a light meal before, you know, races in the purpose of trying to make him not have a full belly and things like that. And he was a very food-oriented horse, so he didn't think that was fair or kind or anything. So they they all have their own input Uh on it. It's very interesting. Good. All right, so let's go ahead and thank him. And... What questions do you have or anything that's on your mind? Well, it's, it's more um, 
interest. Um, just, you know, um, oh, yeah, let's see. So how is it that I can get part and then my head is there also, you know, where I got like the first part right and the second part wrong or something, um, you know, where it was me. So how did, how did they seem to yeah, be so enmeshed? You just disconnected. Yeah. You were starting to get okay. information and then your human mind just jumped right in and said, oh, let me interpret that for you and here's my interpretation. <laughs> well, it's like simultaneously. You don't even. Re- I didn't even realize it. It just yeah, like yes, happens. Right. Uh, so know that sometimes short, sweet answers, or in yeah. other words, the raw, organic stuff you get from the uh-huh. animal, is all there is. Is all that's being offered in that intuitive moment. If you want more details or more right. uh, carry-on information about, no problem. Go back to that moment of getting the information and just see what else you might have missed that is sitting there waiting for you still, and or ask the animal, okay, I got that, thank you, what else? Uh-huh. I ask, thank you, got it, what else, all the time. That I typically oh. do silently. Um, if, if, why do I do it? I do it because um, oftentimes when an owner asks a question and they ask a question like, uh, how's my animal feeling in the body? I will listen to the animal and relay whatever the animal has to share on that of their own accord first in whatever angle they want to take it to. They want to talk about their headaches or, you know, how they've got stiffness in their hips or whatever. I I follow their lead. And then I'll often dig a bit more. I want to know what else. What else is there? Is there something you're not saying, animal? Because either A, you think you said enough, or B, you think your animal or your person is satisfied with what, what was said, or C, is there something that unless prompted you're not actually going to say. Have you ever met a human being? I think of my grandparents. You know, I remember Uh as a kid, my mom walking in and asking them, hey, how you doing? And because my sister and I, us grandchildren, were standing there, my grandfather would kind of gloss it over. Oh, I got a little achiness in my back today, but I'm doing okay. And then I'd hear out of earshot, I'm really having a tough time, he'd say, and then he'd go into the details. Uh Sometimes Uh you've got to ask a bit more. Okay. Okay. This is good. Today was good. <laughs> good. Was well, you fun. did great. You did very, yeah. very well. So you might want to play during this week with asking your animals, hey, what job do you do or jobs do you do around here? They may have – it's a rare domestic animal, I find, that doesn't feel they have a job. Every okay. now and then I'll find that very few percentage, but most of them have a self-appointed job or two. Um, sometimes animals will pass jobs on to other animals when they die. They'll groom another animal for the current job they're doing, and huh. they'll wait for that animal to take over either before or just after they leave. Okay. Huh. Okay. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Great. This is good. Thank you. You are welcome. All right. So we are set for today, Andy. Fantastic. Yeah. Do reach out to, and start getting people lined up to work with, though. Okay? Okay, I will. And then let me know about that. I think it was for next week if you get that going, that class. Oh, yes, oh. yes. I, I need to announce that. Um, the gorilla one is, I think, first, and that's uh, next Saturday or Sunday, Sunday. And then the the one with the lions, I think it's in early September. So for okay. that, I'm just going to have to wait and see who signs up. Oh, right. And I'll be able to okay. let you know afterwards. But, yes, okay. I will make Great. a note that you are interested. Okay. okay. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Have Andy. a good Bye. week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.